This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! This is 90 for Chill, the podcast, and I like to start every episode off with a content warning inspired by suggestions of the Poetic Critic. That's the Poetic Critic on Letterboxd, all one word. I watched the feature Upstream Color and was really impressed, and I'll speak glowingly of it, but its director, writer, star, Shane Carruth, not a great person, uh, quite the abusive partner from what I've gathered, but watching this movie, you kind of see where it comes from, I guess. I'm just saying he kind of, well, he's got his own mental issues, and I think it kind of explores that. I think deserves a watch just to perhaps understand these awful people, if you feel they deserve being understood. So, aside from possible triggers there, I do go and discuss the Roddy Piper feature from last week, one of the features. Uh, no contest when comparing its storytelling or lack thereof to another feature on this. So I have placed that review at the end of the episode. So once you hear David Tennant ask for a wahoo, you can quit the episode if you listen to last week's and we'll go from there. Thanks for coming to 90 for chill, the podcast little hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Thank you for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movie Starth. You can follow what I'm watching at letterbox.com slash cmdarth. If you need to make things a little more convenient, get some background noise with these smooth, charismatic tones. You can ask your Amazon Echo or your Google Nest podcast by Russ Stevens, and I think you'll get this show. As for this show, this episode, I should say, I don't have a guest, and I did give us a heads up about that last week, and I'm looking for a guest for next week's episode. I think I have some leads, but if you want to fill in that role, I will get to those details. At this time, though, we're going to revisit Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Reviews. Kind of fitting, I suppose, since Ali currently is dealing with a bout of COVID-19. I hope she gets well soon. Hopefully, Chili the Cat will take good care of her. With that said, you know, get your vaccinations. I'm double boosted. I've been in a lot busier situation, so... I'm saying it works. You can get into that political discourse on my Twitter. That's at CatBusRuss. So this week we ended up uh, watching, binging, dare I say. Man, this is the first real binge I've had since the convention season in Chicago is concluded. I started with the letter T and went to the letter V. I think I can stretch out W, X, Y, Z, and the number into a couple more episodes so you know it's all about being clever i suppose and if there's a fault of mine is believing that i am that clever so we're going to review 13 ghosts 
from Dark Castle Entertainment, who I have had a very hit-miss, well, mostly miss history with. We're going to discuss Upstream Color from Shane Carruth, which I advise you on is don't judge the art based on the artist. Then again, I think I kind of said, well, you can use the art to understand the artist. Probably less problematic than Woody Allen, I suppose, but I will digress. And I revisit a classic Grindhouse-style movie from Fangoria, VFW, which is about veterans versus drugged-up zombies, essentially. If you love your old supporting actors from action movies, that's for you. I also will talk about recent Rift Tracks Live, which I think is only like the, well, I think it's the first time I've been in a commercial theater for a feature this year. Why not uh, watch The Return of Swamp Thing and realize that, oh gosh, Tim Burton didn't do enough with the, the original Batman. Or Batman 89, I should say. I think that sums up everything you're going to hear tonight. With that said, if you want to be on the podcast, just send me an email. The address is rustabus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. And offer me a movie, a director, an actor, a theme. And as long as we focus on sub-100-minute material, I think we'll come up with a slice of fried podcast gold to quote Sean from Shaun of the Dead, which qualifies for 90 for Chill the podcast, which kind of means that the entire Cornetta trilogy is something I'm willing to discuss. So if you can't come up with a 90-minute movie, just give me a movie. Again, I'd like to be clever. I'll figure a way to talk about it and not break my rules. Otherwise, you know what to do. Rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Please do that five-star review. I do reciprocate those reviews. If you want to talk trash about my show, I am more than open to it on my Twitter account, at CatBusRuss. That's at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. So thanks for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show. This Halloween... What the hell was that? The producers of House on Haunted Hill bring you the ultimate house of horror where there's death at every door, terror at every turn. We should get the hell out of here, now! And a ghost in every room. We got company! Thirteen ghosts. I've watched another Dark Castle production film uh, this time 13 ghosts and actually it's not that great a movie i mean the story could have been uh, the exposition could have been a lot better to explain you know why we're locking these ghosts up and all of that and the surprises just come pretty much at random but the movie itself is just pure tacky insanity which hey you're looking for 90 minutes kind of, you know, checks all the boxes. I guess it's as good as the first Venom movie. Definitely as good as the second. The acting is all right. Tony Shalhoub's convincing. And Beth Davids, for the most part, keeps her accent. You don't really stretch Shannon Elizabeth. And I will say Matthew Lillard's character gets a pretty good arc, plays all of his emotions, which at some point during the feature, I'm kind of thinking like, okay, so he's in a room full of 
ghost you can't see like should he be acting when he's not acting against somebody playing off his just his obnoxious persona but as i say it's it's fun it's just very simple i mean the story it could be should be should be treated a little more respectfully which they did what which it isn't it's just quickly thrown together again ghost dark castle has to go and put music that just doesn't fit horror into it i mean there's just so many things wrong with it but as i say it's just insane fun i mean the gore there's some great moments and then there are just crappy cg but it's a dark castle feature so what was i expecting i didn't expect to have fun i'll say that much so if you're gonna watch one this is it Do you know this place? I want to say yes. Go in there, just go in there. For you, I want to. <laughs> I haven't slept at all. Is there, is there a direction that you feel drawn? I'm gonna go wherever you go. You know that. You're scaring me a little bit. I feel like you know. Won't let anyone near them. Crowd back in the corner. Violent. I've never seen the parents behave so. They can get very protective. The water before you is somehow special. It is better than anything you've ever tasted. Each drink is better than the last. Take a drink now. And I've just concluded watching Shane Carruth's Upstream Color, which is quite a work. Uh, one of those features that I'd say leans a little more on the art than the actual narrative. So it's kind of a tough watch because you want something to happen at all times and it's just keeps you on edge as you're waiting for it all to make sense. So this is a story where I don't think IMDB does a great job giving you a synopsis. It starts with our protagonist, Chris. She's drugged by someone and loses everything based on their suggestions, which somehow revolve around... 
the book Walden. I'm sorry, I can't immediately think of the writer's name. Obviously, that's kind of insulting, especially coming from a lit major. That, again, I'll digress. So, she seems to get her life back together, but with a man who has a mysterious past of their own, and as they keep exposing each other's lives together, they kind of get everything mixed up and for someone who's been in a relationship speaking about myself with someone who suffered from at the very least audio hallucinations and visual but a lot of voices it really kind of hits close to home and I think does a great job of capturing a constant sense of paranoia that some people have and again hits me for my experiences with many all about shared trauma so eventually chris is being driven nuts by it jeff doesn't really seem to be holding on to sandy much himself and they have to find the answer So it's all about picking up clues and seeing how this all relates to pigs. So, yeah, it demands your attention and it just keeps building upon building when it comes to what you need to know is important. Everything ends up being important. So it's very worthwhile once we get to the conclusion. So it's quite the journey definitely worth a watch for anyone but you know it'll hit closer to people who i think aren't complacent not complacent perhaps that may never be content i suppose which that's kind of screams my personality so If you want to learn about people, this is a great... That you don't seem to understand, this is a great film to take the time and effort to watch. It's time for... Take one super cheesy movie. Man, this migraine's killing me. Add some jokes from the guys at Rift Tracks. This is going to hurt his Airbnb rating. And you get one great night of comedy fun in theaters nationwide. It's Rift Tracks Live, Return of Swamp Thing, on Thursday, August 18th. Tickets on sale at fathomevents.com. Hey, and I've just gotten back home from seeing Rift Tracks Live, the return of Swamp Thing. And this really indicates I have to try to see the original, directed by Wes Craven, I believe. Uh, otherwise, this was a weird one. Thanks, uh, my friend Brandy Stoneham for accompanying me to this feature. We know her best, probably for Avery the Cat. Long may he reign. Um, so this movie was interesting. It's like, honestly, what the hell, I guess. Because this isn't like, uh, Amityville 4, which... 
had somewhat coherent story. This was just like, okay, we're going to run a very simple story and just, yeah. So Swamp Thing is doing his thing in the bayou. We They paid enough money to get that track by Credence. Uh, for the credits, they imply that this is part of the DC universe in those oh, opening credits as well. But yeah, this felt like it was shot on video. Wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But um, I don't know what they were expecting. Heather Locklear is your lead um, what uh, actress in it. And you got the bad guy from Octopussy. So very 80s. Um, you get that Stranger Things vibe with the fat white kid and his black friend. It's just goofy throughout. It's scary that this could have been the inspiration for the clever, quote-unquote, um, seduction scene from Lethal Weapon 3, where you just have two random guards sharing scars. It's just so much silliness, like that it overcomes any kind of story there was. Um, the effects are just... I mean, gosh. If this was released theatrically, it would have been a crime. This is... Uh, I think what I've seen clip-wise from, say, I believe Channel Awesome. I think it was the Cinema Snob. From Albert Pion's Captain America 1990. Looks more coherent than this movie, so... And then as I'm leaving, Brandy was just talking about, oh gosh, I don't remember it being that bad when my little brother was watching it so many times back when we were kids. And it's like, whoa. And neither of us saw the Wes Craven original. So yeah, um, definitely an insult to uh, Alan uh, Moore, more so than anything that... Uh, DC has done with his material so an interesting night and uh, but you know what that's why you go to Rift Tracks so to make lemons out of lemonade and to watch weird puppet shorts as well uh, gosh David's Dental Day another uh, conversation in its own like decide on a puppet format alright Hello there. Sorry for the interruption. I was kind of impressed by my own efficiency composing this podcast. And, well, I'll get it done before 9 o'clock on Monday. That's a surprise to me. But with all of this efficiency, I forgot to, of course, honor Station Marie Harden. It's almost been 18 years since she uh, left us. And... You know what? I want to do her proud, so her memory keeps me going, and I hope she watches over everyone that she touched in her life, and I hope they feel as motivated as I do. If you want to know more about her, I can't really say you do her too much justice, but you can go to maineventofthedead.com, and there's a link to uh, my memorial tour, which has been approved by a couple of her family members, and... That's the best I can do. If you know her, feel free to email me any anything you want to throw up there. I'll be happy to do that. 
And, you know, personally, I don't really have that. I got photos of her when she's having a lot of fun. So I can't necessarily say they are the most appropriate that are up there. So wouldn't mind the assistance in making a more thorough uh, remembrance to her. Thanks again, Stacia. And I aim to please. Oh, Lord. Oh, there you go. You've been at this, haven't you? I have. Uh-huh. To us. Still here. Still here. You know where you are, kid? In the uh, VFW post. How about we close the bar down early tonight? What do you got going on? The best birthday that Freddie ever got. Q&A time, kid. See, the problem is that me and my old friends are probably gonna die tonight unless you help us out to understand what's happening here. You steal this? Foz killed my sister, all right? This, though, it's all he's got his whole life. V-F-W. What is that? Veterans of foreign wars. Good. Soldiers are good at dying. There's only one satisfactory solution, and that is we get our product back, and each of you die. You were a soldier. So are we all. Let's act like it. We set a perimeter. We make our stand. You'll all die very, very slowly. You last. But whatever you gonna do, do it. Would you make a mistake? I'm gonna cut your heart out. You and me both know this ain't the only option. We can push Miss Teen USA right back out to the way she came in. It's for you that we're doing all of this. I, I never asked for your goddamn help, Gramps. The second you walked through that door, we were duty-bound to help you. Let's go. And I've just revisited VFW from 2019, a movie I believe I ranked third out of my top 10 or top 20 uh, films that I discovered back in 2020. I believe it was just beat out by The Hunt, the satire about liberals hunting down conservative douchebags and... David Cronenberg's Videodrome. And I've yet to see Crimes of the Future, but David Cronenberg has a chance to three-peat uh, the best movie I've discovered the past three years since I've been doing 90 for Chill as a website and now a podcast. But I digress from all that. This rewatch was really rewarding, like, the first time I watched it, you know, it was just fun seeing um, old supporting actors kick ass. So this film's about a VFW hall that's just minding their own business when a, a young woman with a bag full of superheroin that she stole as vengeance for the dealer killing her, her sister... 
and as she enters, basically drugged up zombies come to attack the VFW hall, and it's up to Stephen Lang to lead his platoon featuring Fred Williamson from From Dusk Till Dawn and MASH, uh, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, David Patrick Kelly from Commando and the Warriors, George Went from Cheers, and Martin Cove, best known for his work in the Karate Kid franchise. So that sums up what the movie is. Basically, they're fending. It's Dawn of the Night of the Living Dead meets um, meets the Expendables, Expendables in a way. This is kind of what I think I could appreciate if the Expendables was instead of the lighthearted. Yeah, our stars are just going to kick ass and make quips. There's there's actual drama in VFW, and after watching No Contest earlier uh, this week, it kind of makes me think that, well, it just really reminded me how that movie did nothing to really make you care about the characters. You get to know these characters pretty much right off the bat. There's a slope. They get their 20 minutes of just BSing with each other, and then they go into this hell. But again, you get to know them and also just the lineup is far more solid than just well, Shannon Tweed is on the and Robert Davi are on the good side and Robert uh Rowdy Piper plays second banana Andrew Dice Clay. So just a better setup film than that. And it's then when you watch it this time you really get to appreciate the Fangoria money put into this feature, all of the gore and the effects and the shot, how it's shot. It's just very uh, fulfilling for a fan of low budget uh, action horror movies. So, um, and the dialogue is solid throughout. Just fun. I mean, this is just, you know, as I say, it's got stakes, which is something that the action movies where all these actors were supporting characters in just didn't have. So this is definitely, um, makes me want to watch The Hunt again to see if I can uh, bump this up to number two in hindsight, you know, 2020 and all that. I guess ironic since this was from my 2020 experience. But a definite recommendation, a very cheap uh, 4K if you can find it. Uh, I imagine once it's once it's done being on clearance, it's going to be a while before we get to see this again. But then again, I think this is going to be a shutter staple for quite a while. Can I hear a wahoo? HBO Thursday night, 9 p.m. means action with the HBO world premiere movie. Who will be the new Miss Galaxy? Andrew Dice Clay. Let's not all lose our head. Maybe taking over beauty pageant isn't the best way to command respect. Shannon Tweed. Robert Davi. In the Thursday night prime HBO world premiere movie, No Contest. The action premieres Thursday at night on HBO. I thought the podcast could use a little more Roddy Piper. 
content, so I just revisited No Contest, a feature I own on VHS, actually. I got it for like two bucks when Second Cinemas in Morton was closing, but I digress. So it's a feature, actually, it's the only other Roddy Piper feature that I've probably seen. You know, I've been a little hesitant about visiting uh, the Troma Distributed Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies, which I think may be a few months. um, At least the script is a few months younger than my main event of the dead. Still looking on getting that movie made, but again, digression. So, you know, I hear about... Well, really, let's just go back to the classic Roddy Piper impersonator promo in WWF before his bout with Jerry Lawler at King of the Ring. Regarded as a pretty awful match just between good two good talkers. And who knows, maybe in the 80s that would have worked. 1995, not so much. Or was it 94? I don't know. I remember seeing it. So, again, back on topic. So, in that promotion, that promo, the guy makes jokes you know like about all the bad roddy piper movies so with that said that leads me to say well i'm not really up for hell comes to Frogtown. i know it was on up all night on usa back in the day just something i wasn't gonna just seemed a little too ridiculous what didn't see ridic- ridiculous is no contest from 1995 this is a story, basically, it's Die Hard at a beauty pageant. And you know what? Shot in one of the fanciest NBC suites that I've seen in Toronto slash Markham, Ontario, Canada. Got to get that dramatic pause in there. It's about Andrew Dice Clay leading a group to, a, well, obviously, if it's Die Hard, it's thieves, not terrorists who are trying to get $10 million worth of diamonds from one of the contestants' rich senator father. And Shannon Tweed is the host of the beauty contest, Miss Galaxy. And she's also an action star which the terrorists don't really think of, and, of course, they're going to end up paying for it. And you've got a bunch of um, faces that are familiar. The Coincidentally, since this is a diehard knockoff, you have Robert Davi as the, I guess you would say, the Al Coulson. I think that was his name. Maybe it was Al Coulson. I don't know. Um, Basically, the Al from diehard character and shannon tweed is bruce willis that's pretty much your setup and your big heavy who plays i can't remember the name dang it i'm a diehard fan i can't remember the name of all the terrorists i don't think it was tony um you know the guy whose brother gets murdered and is the and now i have machine gun ho 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 guy so that's roddy piper's character And the best thing about Roddy Piper's character, because he doesn't really get a lot of dialogue, is basically that he is willing to sell the hell out of attacks from the beauty contestants. Otherwise, I think Andrew Dice Clay got to do a little bit of improv, and Shannon Tweed could have been given a little more clever dialogue. 
I mean, for an action movie. But it still is a lot of fun if you can get past the wretched direction and editing. I mean, this feels like it was shot on video in 1995. So I'm surprised it had an HBO Thursday night premiere back in the day. So it's a fun flick. I mean, it's not a good one. I think I've overrated it before just because, well, Roddy Piper gets to play a badass. He doesn't really get to... He doesn't really... Um, I just... You know, it's Roddy Piper versus Shannon Tweed. That's just the thing I was going to be there for. And I think it works out pretty well. As I say, if Roddy Piper wasn't such a great seller, it might fall flat, at least his performance. And as I say, Andrew Dice Clay, you knew he had 90s villain all over him. So that works. And otherwise, you know, you get your goofy henchmen. Like, everybody is a uh, Theo-type character on this team. So... A lot of misbalance and trying to rip off Die Hard, but, you know, it's at least, um, it's brief, let's say that. And I kind of, I think it kind of was so stuck on trying to be fast and done in a moment that they kind of left a lot. You just don't care about the characters, I think is what the biggest problem of the film is. I mean, aside from the awful direction, horrible green screen, and you know, lackluster explosives. But there you go. That's no contest, 1995. And as I say, I'm not regretting my $2 VHS purchase. I It's fun. Doesn't look... And I think maybe HDTV kind of hurts this. But it's on Freevee right now, the Amazon free video service. And I mean, I guess for any wrestling fan... You owe it to yourself to watch No Contest. Long live Flash. You've saved your ass. Have a nice day. <laughs>